Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. If you need calm and confidence today, one of the best things you can do is remember Jesus is with you, especially in the dark valleys of life. In Psalm 23, David reminds us that the world is evil, yet Jesus is with us in the midst of the evil. Not only is Jesus with us, but he is willing to protect us, and he is even willing to lay down his life for us. In the end, Jesus has a banquet table for those who have trusted and faithfully followed him. Would you like to know how to get there? To learn more, let's join Pastor Jim for the conclusion of this message, Jesus the Good Shepherd. When you go out and sin or you pick and choose what you're going to obey what God says and what he doesn't say, that what you're doing and what I do is we are betraying the leading love of Jesus. We are betraying the way Jesus wants to lead us. And the Bible says that, that when we put our trust in Jesus, he gives us a new heart and that heart desires the holiness of Jesus Christ. And that is one of the greatest gifts of salvation. Psalm 68, 19 says, blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation. Selah, stop, pause, think about that. In the New Testament, we read in Hebrews chapter 13, uh, verse 20 and 21, uh, now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the death, from the, from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant make you complete in every good work to do his will. We might say he's leading you to do his will working in you what is well and pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever, amen. Finding our way home is no easy task. Finding our way home to heaven is, is something that is absolutely impossible. So what happens? We need to be led. And Jesus said in John three thirteen, no one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven that is the son of man who is in heaven. Jesus' favorite name for himself, the son of man. The apostle Peter said, 1 Peter 5, 4, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. You see, if you follow him in the paths of righteousness, even if it doesn't seem like the right thing to do or the best thing for you, or you don't want to do it, you are working yourself towards a crown. Verse four, I want to read it twice. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Let's go slowly. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So things are now turning for the sheep. So what happened to the, to the nice pasture? What happened to the still water? Well, they ate, all the, they ate the field and the, the water's not there and they got to move on. And some of, it says, some of the versions say, not the valley of the shadow of death, but the darkest valley. And so what would happen would be they would go down into these valleys. We talked about that before. And the, and the shepherd would, would lead the sheep because those valleys and would be full of, of thieves and wild animals. And yet he says, I will fear no evil. Why? Why would a sheep in a dark valley 
where there's thieves and robbers and wild animals, why would they, why would a sheep fear no evil? For you, who's you? My shepherd are with me. David's saying, I know, Lord, when I'm with you, I'm safe with you. Your rod, we said that that used to beat off thieves and wild animals. You could say the rod was used to beat off death and your staff. Remember, we said that the staff was used to keep the sheep on the path and also had that J hook on it that they, if you felt a sheep fell down into a ditch that Jesus could, could take that J hook and he could lift you up and he could save you. The shepherd could lift you up and save you, pull you up from the pit It was also symbolic. A staff was symbolic of of a king. So he says, your rod, you're beating off death. Your staff, you're keeping me on the path. Your ability to save me because you're my king. And how does he end it? They comfort me. Now, there's a lot here, and, but perhaps the big point is, and this was the point where I was trying to decide whether I should do one week or two, and this is the big point uh, where, where we come to where, G, where he says, you are with me. One of the greatest aspects of the Christian life. Not only does the Lord Jesus save all who turn to him and put their trust in him from the penalty of their sins, He took them on the cross. He promises to be with you. Now, just imagine there's a flock and we know there's thieves around and we know there's wild animals around. Does the shepherd leave the flock? No, he stays there on the lookout. And in the same way that the shepherd doesn't leave the sheep unattended, Jesus does not leave his own unattended in the journey of this life. That is especially important to remember in the dark valleys. That is especially important to remember that Jesus has not left you. It might seem like he has, but he hasn't. He's promised not to leave you. That was a big promise in the Old Testament. Big promise that Yahweh was with them. And then we come to the first page of the New Testament. We just spent here in our church over three years studying the gospel of Matthew. And what, was on the, what is on the very first page of the New Testament, Matthew 1.23, we shall call Jesus, a title to describe who he is, Emmanuel, God with us all the way from the Old Testament, 400 years in between where nothing really seemed to be happening. They weren't hearing from God. And what does he tell us on the first page? I'm still with you and I will still be with you. And then we went all the way through Matthew's gospel. Emmanuel, God with us. And how did it end? Matthew 28, 20, Jesus says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. From the beginning to the end, Jesus says, I am with my people. We, what, you say, well, what about the end of the age? Revelation 21, 3 and 4, uh, the end, at the end of the Bible and the end of the age says this, John writes, the apostle John writes, and I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them 
and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. What did David say in verse 4? I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Now, there's a nuance there. We talked a little bit about it. It's not that there won't be evil, but I will fear no evil. He's not saying that evil's not real. It is real sometimes. But David is saying, I won't fear it because you are with me. And when I do fear it, I will remind myself that you are with me. So this side of heaven, Jesus has promised he will be with us. Oh, we, we long for the days of Revelation 21. I know we do. But this side of heaven, the, Jesus has promised he will be with us even in the midst of evil. But I think when we think about that, it's time for some of us to really go to the spiritual eye doctor. Because I think a lot of us have the wrong impression of Jesus. I know growing up, I had a picture of Jesus was like the guy in the movies who had no emotion. He was always like meek and mild-mannered Jesus, kind of like, oh, how you doing? I'm Jesus. But no, 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 no. He was a carpenter. He worked with his hands. I always say he would have been the kind of guy who came to church in his, you know, in his van or his pickup truck or something like that, wearing Timberlands and, you know, jeans, and his, they wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be tied, and he'd just come off a tough day on the job. And shepherds, we think, oh, shepherds, that's so nice, leading the sheep. What do you think it was like corralling those sheep all day and beating off wild animals and thieves? Shepherds were what? Shepherds were tough guys. Shepherds were like soldiers who are called to protect people, but they were called to protect sheep. They were, if you will, the, the warrior protectors of the sheep. And, and Jesus, King Jesus, in addition to being the shepherd king, is also the warrior king. John 10, again, verse 14 and 15, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep. Interesting. Are you sure he knows you? Okay, you say, well, he, he knows who everybody is. I get it, I get it. But, but he is sure he knows you. And I'm known by my own. Do you know him? As the father knows me, even so I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. There's your cross. It's right there. Same chapter, John chapter 10, verse 28 and 29. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Did you hear that? He gives people eternal life who put their trust in him. They're never going to perish. It means they're not going to end up in hell. They're not going to die the eternal death. They're going to end up in heaven. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Verse 29, my father who has given them to me is greater than all. And in case you forgot already, no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. You see, do you 
friend, do you understand if you've put your trust in Jesus, the grip that God has on you? He, he said, no one's going to snatch you out of my hand. Oh, but you don't know. I, 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 I did a bad thing today. Jesus says, no one's going to snatch you out of my hand. Oh, but somebody told me I'm not the best Christian on the planet. Well, neither are they. No one is going to snatch you out of his hand. See, again, we have to think of Jesus in the sense of, I mean, they beat him silly. And he still was able to go to that cross. He's not some <laughs> easy going, oh, whatever, man. He's the warrior king. Revelation 12, 5, talking about Jesus. She bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. Verse five, uh, David writes, you prepare a table. And the idea again is a banquet a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The Lord will what? Keep him safe in the presence of his enemies. You anoint my head with oil, soothing oil to comfort him. My cup runs over, talking about overflowing with joy. Isn't it interesting that the Lord promised David safety in the valley of the shadow of death and here in the presence of his enemies? And here's what we got to get, guys. Because when this makes the journey from your head to your heart, you will never be the same. The Lord promised safety from the shadow of the valley of death and from our enemies. And we must understand as followers of Jesus, that safety came at the cost of his beloved and his perfect son, the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. Oh, you have to see that. You have to see that Jesus was dying on that cross in your place for your sins, in my place for my sins, but also he was defeating sin and death, which means that we are going to be safe, but we have to appreciate the cost to Jesus and the cost to his heavenly father. And with Jesus saying, it is finished, and with Jesus rising from the dead, are you sitting at the banquet table? Are you sitting there and enjoying the hospitality and the presence of the Lord Jesus? If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, let me ask you this with all sincerity. Do you want a seat at the table? Do you know a seat is totally available to you? What do you need to get to that seat you need to have the forgiveness of sins and eternal life to get to there, to get to that feast. You need to put your trust in Jesus. Or let me ask you this. If you don't want a seat at that table, do you want to walk through the valley of the shadow of death alone? Do you want to face the enemy of death alone? Many of us have heard of the Last Supper. The Last Supper was a Passover meal, a reminder of way back into the time of Moses when the people of God were saved from their enemies, Pharaohs and the Egyptian army and the destroyer, the angel that brought death to people in the land. 
how did that work, you say? Well, God said, when he wanted to take his people out of Egypt, he said, um, take the blood of a lamb and put it over your door. We equate that to the blood of Jesus over the door of our hearts. And God said, if the blood of the lamb wasn't over your door, when the destroyer passed over a house, the firstborn male died. But if it was over the door, he lived. Now I believe with all of my heart, there was an element of faith there where they believed what God said. Now let's fast forward to the last supper. Jesus was preparing them that he was what John the Baptist said, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, that he was the lamb of God. And if, and if his blood was written over your heart, that you would not die, that he would die for you. And one of the most amazing events in all of history at the last supper, Jesus washed their feet. I know someday I will be in heaven and I will meet the apostles. And I will say to them, when he rose from the dead and he ascended into heaven, what was it like when you realized that God washed your feet, man? What was that like? When you realized that your walk the way you lived, your feet were washed clean. Get the connection there, please. Remember we said walk is the way you live. He washed their feet symbolically and he gave them bread. He fed them bread representative of his body and wine representative of his blood. More than anything, he gave them of himself. In verse 6, David concludes, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. He always knew that God was with him. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And for David, the house of the Lord was really defined by the presence of the Lord, not a building. And here David is confident that the Lord's shepherding will take him all the way into eternity because he knows he's being followed by the Lord. Remember we said last week, he was surrounded on all sides by the Lord. David is confident that nobody will be able to snatch him out of God's hand, even though Jesus has yet to say it. David is confident that he is eternally secure and that his relationship with the Lord will be an eternal one and will be a joyful one. Goodness and mercy, some versions say goodness and loving kindness, Right? Had, it was not just that God followed him, but that God pursued David. And you get the sense that that following, that that pursuit will never end. And the dark valleys of David's life, the dark valleys of your life will be turned in to the joy of heaven when we walk with Jesus, when we're his people and he's our God and there's no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more COVID. What a wonderful day. To me, as beautiful as Psalm 23 is, it takes on a whole new beauty when we realize that the Old Testament shepherd king became a man in the person of Jesus Christ. I love Jesus' touching words in Luke 12, 32. 
Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. (laughs) Do you believe that, friend? Do you believe that Jesus really wants to give you the kingdom? Do you believe the father really wants to give you the kingdom? John 10, 11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Again, there's the cross. But Jesus, the shepherd king, was also the lamb of God, who John the Baptist told us about. Revelation 7, 17, at the end of the Bible, John writes, for the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. If you're a follower of Jesus, it is, it is quite natural for you to long to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hear Jesus' famous words at the Last Supper, John 14, one through six. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God also in me, he equates himself to, believe also in me, he equates himself to God. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If you're a follower of Jesus, listen, remember Keith, nobody said it better than Keith Green. If God made the world in seven days, he'd been working on heaven for 2,000 years, we are living in a garbage dump. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The reality is the way to heaven is a person, the Lord Jesus Christ, that one must turn to and put their trust in. But as we get ready to wrap it up, let me just ask you a question if you're not a follower of Jesus. Will Jesus really forgive your sins? Will Jesus really bring you home to heaven? You know, a lot of the religious leaders, they were not down with Jesus teaching on this. They were like, hey, they got to be prim and proper religious people like we are. They couldn't stand religious. They couldn't stand Jesus. Funny, the regular dudes, they love Jesus because he spoke to them like a real guy, not with this crazy language that nobody could understand. Before I ever step in front of a microphone or a camera, I always say, Lord, I want to be simple. I don't want them to leave here thinking, oh, Pastor Jim is so smart. I want them to leave here thinking, man, there's something to this Jesus or this, we serve a great God or Jesus is wonderful. And there's a lot of religious people who object to the fact that people could come to Jesus, put their trust in him and he would be willing to forgive all their sins. A lot of people object to that. Well, let's hear what Jesus had to say. In Luke chapter 15, he told the story. Verses four through seven, what man of you, Jesus said, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them, rejoice with me for I have found my sheep, which was lost. Listen to this. Christian, non-Christian friend, listen, listen, listen. This can get you into heaven. 
I say to you that likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents, who turns from their sin, turns to God, puts their trust in Jesus and tries to and says to God, I'm gonna turn from my sin and I need your help and I need your forgiveness. There will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. There will be joy in heaven, friend, if you put your trust in Jesus. Let me tell you something, man. Heaven wants a party. Heaven wants to party in your name, in your name. No matter what you've done, no matter what it is, Jesus says, I died for you. Now come, come, fear no evil. Come be part of my kingdom. He died for you. He gave himself for you. And now says to you, will you give yourself back to him? Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love brings you the great hope of the gospel to equip you to reach others with this transforming message. In a world filled with fear and mistrust, Pastor Jim provides the path to freedom in a clear and transparent style. Changed by Love needs your help to reach thousands, including your friends and neighbors. Find out the ways you can team financially with Changed by Love by visiting our website at changedbyloveradio.org or call 862-217-9686. Pastor Jim would love to hear your story and how Changed by Love has impacted your life or someone you know. Your encouragement goes a long way. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.